Thank you for joining us today on the Annex Podcast, hosted and presented by the Building Christian Fellowship. At the building, we build our faith, hope, and love in Jesus by having a real, relevant relationship with Him. And what better way for us to get closer to God than to learn more about Him through His Word? We pray you enjoy this message. Hallelujah. Lord, you are worthy. You are worthy. Hallelujah. You guys got that video ready? My brother Larry, a captain in the Marine Corps, had returned from Vietnam. He was a decorated uh, Marine, and, and we were sharing an apartment going through a difficult time in my life. He would always uh, take a little interest in where I was going every day, because I, I was a, well, a grunt, as the Marines would say. You know, if you're a ground trooper, you're a grunt. Larry's uh, 13 months older, five inches taller. And, uh, but we're 13 months apart, we were very, very close. So he said, Peter, where are you going today? I'm going to audition. I'm going to be, um, I'm auditioning uh, as a truck. <laughs> he did the same thing. And so I, I said, but Larry, he's a, evidently he's a hero truck. He's a real, I mean, he's a hero. And his face got somber and he said, Peter, if you're going to be a hero, be a real hero. Don't be a Hollywood hero type with all of all the yelling and screaming and trying to be tough. Be strong enough to be gentle. His voice is ringing in my ears as I'm driving to the audition. And I read the copy and Larry is just coming out. His voice, the way he talked to me. And it said, you know, I'm Optimus Prime. No, it was, my name is Optimus Prime. Be strong enough to be gentle. Praise God. Be strong enough to be gentle. So, uh, everybody loves hero stories, right? So, as you can see, this guy that we just watched, he actually is the voice of one of my childhood superheroes. Optimus Prime. Any anybody that were Transformer fans in the in the room, man. Optimus Prime. That was that was that was his that was his voice, and he got his voice, um, well, from God, obviously. But the instruction on how to use that voice um, came from the wisdom of his brother, who was a combat veteran. And so it was just it was something that was awesome because this weekend I got to speak to a large group of men in regards to. Um, heroics and all the things that come in, in great hero stories and things like that. And I wanted to share that with you guys this morning. I won't be before you long, but uh, God has already done some great things in here. So I don't want to take up too much more time, but I believe that what it is that he wants me to share with you this morning um, is, is something that I shared with these men this weekend. And, uh, if you turn with me to Matthew chapter 11, 
verse 12. This is a, a verse that I've grown up in church hearing for a long time. And uh, it wasn't until I was a little bit older that I got somewhat of an understanding of what it says. And it says, and from the days of John the Baptist until the present time, the kingdom of heaven has endured violent assault and violent men seize it by force as a precious prize. A share in the heavenly kingdom is sought with most ardent zeal and intense exertion. Let's pray real quick. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. I ask that you would bring understanding and light to your word this morning. Father, as your word goes forth, Father, I ask that you would help me to step out of the way and that it wouldn't be not my words that, that are spoken, but it would be your words that are spoken so that those that hear would be helped and changed by your word. In Jesus' name, amen. So every story has a hero and then there's a villain. There are heroes and villains. The funny thing about heroes and villains is that heroes and villains typically have the same backstory. Heroes and villains usually have something traumatic that they've experienced in life that has brought them to the point of where they are. The difference between the hero and the villain is this. The villain says, the world hurt me, so I'm going to hurt it back. Whereas the hero would say, the world hurt me. I'm not going to let this happen to anyone else. Even from the days of John the Baptist until the present time, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence and the violent take it by force. It said, I was watching an interview of a, of a combat veteran and he, he said that something to the effect of this, he said that, People who are fascinated, often men who are fascinated with violence and have a bunch of talk of violence, don't really understand what violence is because they've never been in combat. Because they would know that wouldn't be something that you just so easily let slip off your lips and in your talk. And then he summed it up by saying this statement. He says, no one will know the violence it took to become this gentle. He said, no one will know the violence that it took to become this gentle. You know, in hero and villain stories, to be honest with you, like I, I had a harder time relating to heroes. Because for me, I, I, I always tended to relate more so to, to the villain in the story. I kind of liked the villain. I mean, I, I kind of could relate to him because he's got this real messed up background and he often is jaded and he kind of like just kind of soaks in, in, his, in, his, in his hurt and his pain and his misery. Doesn't really want to be in the company of others, kind of wants to isolate. Feels like he's given up so much and, 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 and been done so wrong that, that he'd rather do things at the expense of others. I, I kind of just liked, I liked the villain. One in particular, I like Bane, right? Bane's conversation when he is beating the brakes off of Batman, I mean, it was, it was, his, his conversation was just cold. He's like, ah, ah, so, so you think darkness is your ally. You merely adopted it. I was born in it, molded by it. By the time I saw the light, I was a man. 
And it was just blinding. But that's how it is for a lot of us. I had to bring my acting chops out. I used to want to be an actor, so. But look. But that's how he is. I, I, re, I related to that, that, that monologue that he had because I, like many of you, we've been called out of darkness and into the marvelous light. And it sounds like a wonderful and beautiful thing, but often at first it is a blinding thing. You ever been in a, in a, in a dark place? Like, let's just say the movie theaters. You've been in a movie theater and it's dark inside the theater and you go out. Like you went to the matinee. I ain't talking about the nighttime movies. I'm talking about you go to the matinee and it's like it's still bright high noon when you come outside and how blinding the light is. That's what it's like often. But here it is in, in, in the fact that I can relate to the villain. I think many of you guys can relate to the villain because the thing is the villain doesn't, doesn't really care about anybody else's needs but his own. He doesn't really care about anybody else's needs but his own. And so here it is. You have Romans chapter 5, verse 10, that tells us, For while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son. It is much more certain now that we are reconciled, that we shall be saved, daily delivered from sin's dominion through his resurrection life says, while we were enemies, while we were villains, Christ died for us. What I don't, I don't think you're understanding and completely grasping is the fact that the reason why you might be not grasping this whole villain concept is because you think you're better than what you really are. When you come to the understanding and the knowledge that Jesus didn't just die for you, but that he died because of you, and he died instead of you. This is the only superhero story where the hero dies for the villain. He dies for the villain. Now you say what? A hero might, yeah, somebody, somebody's great if they lay down their life for a good person. Lay down their life for their friend. But while we were enemies, while we were the villains, while we were in direct and purposeful opposition of God, he died for us. No one will know the violence it took to become this gentle. We have Jesus Christ, who we know in Scripture. Scripture describes him as both the lion and the lamb. You got that slide? The lion and the lamb. We know the violence that a lion is capable of, right? And that's why so many people missed him when he came because they thought the roaring lion was gonna come in and rip to shreds everything that was, that was bothering them and troubling them. But he says, no, I'm gonna come in as the spotless lamb and lay down my life for the villains. I will come in as the spotless lamb. It makes no sense. Jesus, if you're a lion, you can, you, can, you can accomplish so much more, so much faster. He says, no, I'm going to come in as the spotless lamb of God. It makes so much more sense when we see 
the, the, the violence that a lion is capable of. The lion is the king, right? The lion is, is known as the king of the jungle. The lion is, is, has, has this loud and powerful roar. Yet the lamb is, it, it needs to be cared for. It needs to be taken care of. The best way I can describe this, I mean, besides it being a lamb, is like the way that God thinks is so much different than the way that we think. He sees things so much different than the way that we see. His ways are higher than ours, right? His thoughts are not our thoughts. What we failed to realize is that inside of this, this spotless lamb is a powder keg that would utterly obliterate sin and death. So that us villains could be set free. Every hurt, every disappointment, every discouragement, every, everything that we lacked, every, every deficiency would be taken care of by the sacrifice of the spotless and blameless lamb who is Jesus. And when he's reconciled us, the villains, he's died for us, the villains, to reconcile us to God. is so that way, not, we, not just so we can put on a cape and put on a mask and become heroes ourselves. And that's what many of us do. We treat like what, what, what his sacrifice, the laying down of his life was, was just so we could become superheroes and we could put on capes and we could put on masks. I don't know about you, but when I was forced to wear a mask because of a mandate, I didn't feel much like a hero. All a mask is is man's artificial self-knowledge. Man's artificial self-knowledge. We think that we're talking, I mean, isn't that what the culture is teaching us? To come to a knowledge of self. If you know, the more that you know about yourself, then you'll be able to be your authentic self and you can do whatever it is that you put your mind to do. Right? Knowledge of self is the superpower. Tap into your superpower. That's what society tells us. But it's just a mask. Man's artificial self-knowledge. But what about the cape? The cape? The cape is putting confidence in our abilities. Confidence in our performance. Confidence in our education. We think that whatever it is that we accomplish, our abilities, our, our performance, our education, how much we know is what gives us significance. When none of that matters, we're not defined by the worst thing we did. We're not defined by the best thing we did. We're defined by Christ. And so he's reconciled us unto him through the spotless lamb of God. And he's saying that, no, I don't want your capes. I don't want your masks. What I want from you is to do this. Philippians chapter two, verse five. He says, let this same attitude and purpose and humble mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus. Let him be your example in humility. Who, although being essentially one with God and in the form of God, possessing the fullness of the attributes which make God God, did not think this equality with God was a thing to be eagerly grasped or retained, but stripped himself of all the privileges and rightful dignity so as to assume the guise of a servant, a slave, and that, and that he became like men and was born a human being. 
And after he had appeared in human form, he abased and humbled himself still further and carried his obedience to the extreme of death, even the death of the cross. What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying that everything that we thought, all the attributes about being a hero is not about being in front. It's not about being seen. It's about being humble, taking on and being clothed in humility. It says, let the same mind that was in Christ be in you. It said that even though he was God completely, all in fully, he was, he was the fullness of the Godhead, that he didn't cling to his rightfully owned privileges and attributes to get the job done. He humbled himself condescended and came to our level to experience all of the things, the human experience, all the things that we experience in the human experience, yet without sin. He who knew no sin became sin for us as a servant. What we have to understand is that we really are in love with the sacrifice that comes from heroes. We pride ourselves in being the hero who sacrifices themselves, right? But what we don't understand, the reason why we like that so much is because it's not as appealing to understand what the true nature and characteristics of a hero are, which is that there's agony and suffering to obedience. There's agony and suffering to obedience. Here it is, we see Jesus, our hero, the greatest hero that ever lives, not the greatest hero that ever lived because he's still alive and he's coming back. He's the greatest hero that ever lives. And therefore, us knowing that there's agony and that there's a suffering to obedience, the world applauses the sacrifice of the hero. But in the kingdom, obedience is better than sacrifice. The world applauds the sacrifice of the hero, but in the kingdom, obedience is better than sacrifice. It tells us in Hebrews that Jesus learned obedience through the things that he suffered. The teacher learned obedience through the things that he suffered. Verse 9, therefore, because he stooped so low, God has highly exalted him and has freely bestowed on him the name that is above every name. I don't know about you. You can go on social media and see them argue about what name he should be called by. Let me tell you something. According to my, my, my scripture that I read, the name that he's given him that is above every name in my language is Jesus. I don't get mad that if you speak another language and you call something something different than what I call it, we're talking about the same thing. When you say that name in your language and it's in reference to the one who is, who was and is and is to come, we're talking about the same thing. The name that is above every name, verse 10, that in at the name of Jesus, every knee must bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue frankly and openly confess and acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. 
Paul continues verse 12. Therefore, my dear ones, work out, cultivate, carry out to the goal and fully complete your own salvation with reverence and awe and trembling, self-distrust with serious caution, tenderness of conscience, watchfulness against temptation, timidly shrinking from whatever might offend God and discredit the name of Christ. Notice he said, work out, not work for. Work out. While every other faith system would try and teach you to work for, God says, work it out, because I already worked it in you. I finished the work, placed it on the inside of you, sealed it with my spirit, now you work it out. One of the great things that I admire about heroes, superheroes, is that they tend to have great bodies. All of us have muscles, but our muscles are revealed by the amount of working out that we do. And here it is, the body is being told to work out the salvation. One of the things that made it hard, my kids like all the Marvel and DC movies and stuff, one of the things that was hard for my son, for Jericho to get over was how they did Thor. They made Thor fat and he couldn't get past that. Like he just, after he saw Thor fat, he was like, nah, man, that's, I, I, yeah, I can't even do it no more. <laughs> Listen, but Thor possessed all the same powers and abilities that he had before. And what I'm saying is, is that our superhero desires for his body to work out, to be in shape, to be ready for whatever, whenever. So much so that when they look at you, they can see, oh, yeah, the superhero is in shape. Don't let the body make the head look bad. Don't let the body make the head look bad. People should be able to look at you and be able to see that, oh, yeah, that's a man of God. That's a woman of God. Yeah, they're blessed in the city. They're blessed in the field. They're blessed when afflicted. They're blessed when they're healed. Work it out. He worked it in so we could work it out. But listen to how he said to work it out. He said, work it out with self-distrust. I don't need your mask. I don't need your cape. I need you to work this out, not trusting in yourself, but trusting in me. I need you to work it out with self-distrust, with serious caution, not careless, not believing every wind of doctrine that comes your way. I need you to analyze. I need you to be a Berean. I need you to search the scriptures daily so you can see whether the things that we're up here saying are so. With serious caution, tenderness of conscience, watchfulness against temptation, timidly shrinking from whatever might offend God and discredit the name of Christ. Seems like a long and lofty and, 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 and hefty list. But listen, this is what he says right after he says, not in your own strength. Not in your own strength. He never commands us to do anything in our own strength. He says, be strong, but be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Not in your own strength. For it is God who is all the while effectually at work in you, energizing and creating in you the power and the desire both to will and to work for his good pleasure and satisfaction and delight. It is so much easier to be the villain. 
Many of us have just chosen to be the villain just because we're just, we're just lazy. But the truth of the matter is that at some point in some area of our life, all of us are the villain because Romans 3.10 tells us that none of us are good. The closer I get to God, the more of a wretch that I realize I am and the, and, and the much more I come, become aware of how badly I need him. Anything good about me is because of him. I think Lecrae said it one time, a long time ago. He said, he said there is nothing about me that's actually good. Because without Christ, I'm actually hood. That's basically what it is. You catch me on the wrong day and I'm not, I'm not full of the word. <laughs> yeah. No one will know the violence it took to become this gentle. He didn't come in as a roaring lion. He's coming back as a roaring lion. Because that's for judgment. But he didn't come into the world to condemn the world but that through him the world would be saved. And so here it is, we have the spotless lamb who comes in in all of his gentleness, his meekness and his mildness to lay down his life to, so that the villains could be reconciled and, and brought back into a relationship with the father. He says, I don't need your masks. I don't need your capes. I need you to, to, to not trust in yourself, but to trust in what it is that I've done. He didn't, say, he didn't die for us just so that way we could become superheroes or sidekicks, but that we would actually be engrafted into his body. Exactly what 2 Corinthians 5.17 describes as a new creature, where old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. The villains, because of the sacrifice of Christ, have been made new creatures. So, Jesus, if you don't want us to put on a cape, if you don't want us to put on a mask, then what, what, then what do we do? Romans chapter 13, verse 14 says this as I come to a close. Romans 13, 14 says this. But clothe yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, and make no provision, no make, make no provision for indulging the flesh, Put a stop to thinking about evil cravings of your physical nature to gratify his desires and his lusts. So what is he saying? He's saying, he's saying that I don't want you to put on a costume. The costume I want you to put on is me. You're a new creature. The, the, the new nature that you're going to put on is me. So that way when people see you, they see me. They don't see your past. They don't see where you came from. They don't see any of that. They see me. They see the finished work. They see the victory and not the defeat. But we have to put on Christ on a daily basis. Every day we wake up, we wake up and put on clothes every day. We have to do the same with Christ. Be clothed with him. No one will know the violence it took to become this gentle until we come face to feet at the cross and we behold the bloody and horrid and terrible sacrifice that Christ made with his flesh ripped apart, blood completely 
exsanguinated from his body. The cross is the perfect vision of what it is that it took, the violence that it took to be so gentle. When we see Christ as he is, we are able to see ourselves as we are. The closer I get to God, the more I get to see who he is and who I am not. Listen, I don't care if you, you feel that you're sitting in this room and you feel like I ain't, I ain't been out in the streets. I don't, I don't have what they call a testimony. Your testimony is that he kept you. Your testimony is that you didn't go through it. And it's by his grace that you were kept. If you have been out there in the streets, or you might be out there in the streets now, and the reason why you're here is only by his grace. You say, man, I've been, man, I, you don't know what I've been through, man. I, I, you know what I'm saying? I got it out the mud. I didn't have nobody. I had, to, I had to figure it out on my own. He gave you the ability to figure it out. It was him. It wasn't you. You were the villain. And the hero died for the villain to be made a new creature. Heroes are great. And this message today is not for you to, to find a way to, to, to find hope in, in heroes because I'm not urging you to rest your confidence in heroes, but to rest your confidence in the fact that heroes. Stand to your feet this morning. God is moving in his church. As you guys can see how this service went this morning, that God does whatever it is that he wills. This morning, I want to make the petition right now. If you're in here, And you've not yet come to the knowledge of the fact that you were the villain. You may say, man, I, I, yeah, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm kind of, I don't know, I don't really know. You know, I, I don't know if I'm willing to, 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 to give up the trust in my own abilities. I've been leaning to my own understanding, but I, I just, I don't know. And your heart is being pricked this morning. I want, I want to invite you to come up so we can pray with you. Because the superhero, Jesus Christ, laid down his life for you so you could be made new. You don't have to leave this place the same way that you came in. You can leave this place confident, not in yourself, but in the finished work that he's placed on the inside of you to be a new creature where old things can pass away and everything becomes new. Listen to me, I'm not trying to sell, I'm not a salesman. I'm not selling you what, what some of these 
these snake snake oil sellers are, are, are these snake oil dealers that are, that you're finding on social media. I'm telling you right now, it's not necessarily going to be easy. But you don't have to go it alone. If that's you this morning and you you ready to 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 receive what it is that Christ has for you, I want you to come up and we'll pray with you. Is there anyone? My second petition is this. Young person, I need you to understand that you don't have to have it all together and all figured out. You don't have to have it all figured out. And the reason why you're here today is because the Lord drew you here. It wasn't because just somebody invited you. You think such and such invited you here. No, this was a divine appointment for you to come here because God desires to take you to the next level in your life. And he's letting you know, you don't have to have it all figured out. The plan that I have for you is greater than what it is that you have written down in your manifest journal. Is better than what it is that you could, what, any, anything that you could devise and come up with yourself. My plan is greater. That, you think that plan that you've written out, that you strategized is awesome? You ain't seen nothing until you surrender your life to me. If that's you, I want you to come up so we can pray with you. There's a place for you here at the Building Christian Fellowship, young one. Forward young adults, the foolish, weak, and despised things. You may feel like, man, I don't, I, I don't amount to much. Well, that's all right, because none of us do on our own. Come. Do we have the, the, the results from, that, from that, that QR code? This is the whole reason why we have forward young adults. Because some of us that think that we're grownish often doubt as to whether the church is a relevant place for them and their future. Fortunately, those that are here believe that's false, but there's a lot of them that are out there that believe that to be true. But there's some of you that are in here, obviously. There's an 8% in here. I'm trying to tell you that that's a lie. There's a place for you. There's a place for you. And we can come and settle it right now today. What's the other one? When I need advice, I'm confident that scripture has the answer. There's 8% that believe that they can't find it in scripture. I said, we will help you find the answers. We'll look it up together. If that's you, come up. Is there anyone? Hallelujah. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, I thank you. I thank you for your, your presence made manifest in this place today. 
Father, I pray right now for the 8% that are on the fence, Father. I pray that they would come off of the fence. Father, that you would shake their lives unto righteousness. That they would be awakened. And Father, I pray that the, 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 the other 92%, Father, would surround them and encourage them and compel them to come in and be saved. Father, I thank you that your plan of salvation for us is perfect. Father, whether today just be the watering of the seed or the planting of the seed, Father, we believe for you to give the increase. Father, we thank you for what you've done in our hearts today. We thank you for the baptisms. Father, we thank you for... for the young people who you've ignited and lit ablaze for your glory. That, Father, as they leave this place and they go to their homes and they go to their schools, Father, that they would declare your glory to those that are in their circle of influence. Father, I pray right now that you would make our young people sober-minded, Father, that they'd be sober, that they would be vigilant. Father, that they would not be contaminated by the influence of the culture, but Father, that they would be countercultural. Father, that they would be lights in the midst of darkness. Father, that they would be the church that goes out into the wild. That by your spirit, Father, that all the beasts, all the ravenous wolves, Father, would, would be under arrest by the Holy Spirit that they carry. Father, I thank you for putting a word in the mouth of this generation. I thank you, Father, for giving them a prophetic word to declare over their generation, Father, that revival would be in our streets, that revival would be in our marketplaces, Father, that revival would start wherever it is that we set foot. We thank you for giving us the ground that we set our foot upon. And we declare, Father, that our communities will be turned right side up because we are carriers of your presence. Father, we don't put any trust in our masks and our cape, but we put trust and confidence in clothing ourselves in the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you for giving us your spirit to be in us, not just upon us, but being in us, helping us both to will and to do what is your good pleasure. Father, we thank you. We love you. We bless you. In the mighty and magnificent name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen.